Welcome to the Mindhammock podcast. Mindhammock is a passionate advocate that sees a future of sustainable life choice for common health and well-being. We encourage everyone to do the right thing for themselves and to look for whatever solution is out there that helps them sustain a healthy mind and a healthy body. Our life journey has some fun parts and some not so fun parts and we're there for all of it. At Mindhammock, we're driven to promote a sustainable future of well-being that supports our future generations. And we want to accompany our students and everyone that shares our values on their own journey to a healthy and happy life. We will discuss anything that you feel passionate about and we never exclude anyone. If you're not already a freemium member, sign up for free at mindhammock.com. You'll have access to lots more content, including tip sheets, recipes, webinars and videos on a host of subjects. And there's lots more coming as we expand. We also have a network of therapists and practitioners in a host of disciplines like coaching, psychotherapy, fitness, nutrition, breathwork, homeopathy, acupuncture and more. If you like us and what we do, you can follow us on social media at hashtag Mindhammock. Please do comment as that engagement helps us spread the word. We have a growing team of Mindhammock ambassadors at many universities in different countries. Check us out on social media to see if your university has one. If you're interested in becoming involved, send us an email at hello at mindhammock.com. For now, let's get on with this episode. We hope you enjoy it. I'm really excited to welcome back Natasha Stromberg. Natasha recently did a great Mindhammock podcast called Growing Into Your Identity at University. And she's back today to talk to us about climate anxiety. Natasha's a coach and climate action professional, and she's got heaps of experience mentoring and coaching young people. She's originally from the UK and now lives among some of Canada's incredible nature, where she works as a health and wellness coach, and she's also a keen gardener and an earth protector. As we all know, there's a growing awareness about the risks of climate change. And as a therapist, I, I really get a sense of that strong fear that's out there around, around people that I see, around clients I work with, and particularly around young people. Natasha, first of all, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be back with Mind Hammock. Thank you. Can you, can, can you start by telling us what actually is climate anxiety? And um, I guess the kind of the under the under the, the question that's underneath that is is it even real climate anxiety? Yeah, I mean, yes, it is real. Um, I think maybe the best place to start is is to maybe define what anxiety actually is. Um, and anxiety actually serves human human beings, um, and its function is to prepare us for the possibility of danger in the future. Um, and that kind of anxious state a state of of sort of danger makes us uh tense and alert and it 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 kind of perpetuates this state of tenseness you know over yeah. a longer period it's i think we've spoken about this and i know that um you do a lot of work around fear and anxiety fear and anxiety are different but they they have their their um, origin in the same part of the human brain, which was developed um, in this flight, fight or flight response um, within our limbic brain, which protects us from danger. So I think what we what we're dealing with here is a sort of 
fear of danger, immediate danger, which triggers a longer term feeling, a background feeling of anxiety and tension around, you know, quite drastic changes that are happening within within the Earth's climate. Yeah. Yeah. And so in a way that kind of like if I because if I think about fear, then I'm, I'm frightened of something very specific and tangible, something that I can name, something that I can see, like there's an immediate danger to me. Whereas anxiety, I think of as a little bit more generalized, something that, as you're saying, is there to alert me. But it's not always exactly clear what the anxiety is alerting me of. It needs a bit more investigation. Um so that's uh, uh, there's something about the difference, the differences between the two of them in there. So in that sense, how how is it? How come we're talking about climate anxiety rather than necessarily climate fear? Is that the right term? Are there other terms that we should be using? What do you what do you make of it? Well, I think it, it very much depends on where you live. I mean, there are regions in the world um, that are are already. Um, very severely impacted by climate change. Um, we've seen that with hurricanes in in the US. We've mm-hmm. seen it um, on the West Coast with the forest fires, uh, you know, decimating people's property. And so, if you live in those areas, then the fear, having that fear of seeing of your livelihood being ruined and and your home disappeared, that's a very real and tangible threat to be afraid of. So I think people living in climate impacted regions are already living in fear. Yeah. I think for people who are not as impacted, uh, and I would, in- I would include parts of, of Europe, Western Europe in this, directly um, by uh, climate destruction, let's say, look at images um, from places that are already impacted and it, it creates a worry that they will face something similar themselves mm. soon. So it's that kind of wave effect of looking at what's happening in real time already to other people across the globe and then thinking, hmm, this this could happen to me. And it creates that anxiety yeah. and that um that fear of of the possibility it's that possibility that it could happen to me and obviously with global communications as they are with the internet we find out about these things instantly and we see the pictures instantly and we connect more viscerally with those people we feel closer to them in the in the digital age yeah no that makes a lot of sense like there's there's a real sort of existential aspect in there isn't there like even if like every time you turn on on every time you watch news reports or you watch you you look at social media you're 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 getting loads of images and stories about what's happening and and how the world is is there's a the the, the destruction of of the world through climate change but somehow if it's not directly affecting you you're just left with not the tangible impact, but this overall sense of dread that things are going in in a in a in a bad direction or in a negative direction. Yeah, and there's certainly it's certainly the momentum is there um, for things to go into a, a, a negative direction, and I think that it's that 
that momentum as we as we see these events happening more and more frequently and and even in the uk you know we're seeing a lot more flooding frequent flooding in the in parts of the uk in the west of the uk uh, and even on the east coast you know it is very real for a lot of people who are living in on floodplains um that they they are living in homes that uh are you know aren't worth anything anymore so i think you know we can see the wave coming um we've seen the predictions uh the scientific predictions on on climate on climate change uh and in fact global what we should call it is global warming because what's happening is the planet is warming and the knock-on effects of that warming are you know um much more destructive weather patterns um sea level rises so we know that that is happening and we know that the temperature is rising so it is that sense of foreboding which creates the the Mm. anxiety the sense of what is to come and and yeah as humans we love certainty we try and control our environment we want things to be certain and when things are not certain we become anxious and tense absolutely so just going on from that how, how does how does climate anxiety manifest itself like how do we see it how do we know we've got it or how do we notice it what does it look like i think it, like any um like any anxiety you realize that it has become more tipped into more of a permanent problem when you are thinking about it all the time when you are looking for information on climate change all the time um reading a lot uh, on social media about it you may have i mean anxiety general anxiety can cause sleep problems mm-hmm. um it can cause fatigue um irritability poor performance these are all manifestations of anxiety disorders and climate change climate anxiety or climate change anxiety is is no different to that um you know and all of those things can happen you can feel very demotivated if you feel anxious all the time you can feel what is the point you know and and uh, as we both know working you know in the mental health field you know, anxiety can tip into depression if it, if it isn't addressed. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's what we need to be really looking at in terms of mental health is, is preventing this kind of generalised background climate anxiety tipping into a more uh, hopeless sort of depression, depressive state. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting, just like as you're, as you're describing that, I'm thinking about well, when there's a fear there's there's usually a bit of a beginning and an end to that fear so i'm scared of something that's coming towards me maybe it's a car coming towards me my heart beats fast and i i i I either run away or i i sort of freeze or whatever seems to be the safest thing but there's an end to that fear something then happens and then the fear reduces whereas with the anxiety of climate change because we don't really know where it's going it's like there's no end to it and when there's no end to it, there's only a certain amount of time you can you can manage that before it does, as you say, turn into depression. It starts to sort of colour your worldview in a way. No. Yeah, I, I think you're you're spot on. I mean, you know, as human beings, we we can manage difficult times if we know there's an end in sight. I mean, we see we've seen that with uh, COVID nineteen. You know, if we have small steps uh, on the pathway to, let's say. 
you know, re resolution or on the pathway to, to better health, then we, you know, we can manage that because we can see an end in sight. Uh, the issue with climate change is there is no end in sight. And I think, um, you know, ex-Bank of England Governor Mark Carney has said that there's no self-isolating from climate change. Yeah. There, there, are, there is no way to isolate yourself from climate yeah. change because it's going to happen globally. Um, and I think that is a very difficult prospect for a lot of people. And I think we are going to see our mental health, you know, globally hugely impacted by that because we, we've never really collectively had to deal with a situation that we know is coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that is something we're going to have to have uh, very sophisticated mental health techniques to deal with, you know, and a huge amount of mental resilience. Sure, sure. When I think about it, I think about, well, for example, I've got an, uh, my son's just he's nearly 10 and he talks a lot about climate change to me and he talks a lot about, you know, what's happening in the world and about how we've got to um uh, reduce our greenhouse gases like he's very knowledgeable about it and really interested and 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 wants to talk about it a lot and and that's him on one side and then when I talk to young people both in well it's particularly in therapy who come and see me for therapy and counseling it seems to be something that they're also talking about as well the the, the young university age students talk to me about however with my older clients not a lot of people seem to really talk about it do you, is there a reason for that? Do you think that it affects young people more? Do you think young people are more concerned than uh, than older people? Well, like, where, where do you see that? Like, how, how come it seems to be affecting younger people that I talk to more than others? Well, I think I can answer that, um, uh, you know, in two ways. I think, first of all, let's be honest, younger people are going to be alive to see mm the impacts the you know the much more severe impacts of climate change than older people i mean you know if you're nearly 10 like your son today you know you will be around in uh, hopefully in 70 years time and by then you know a, a lot will have changed the impacts of climate change will be very real all over yeah. the world so for someone who knows that their life will be lived in the climate crisis era it is very worrying you know for someone um, of our age who's lived half of their adult life already you know we will see um it will affect us um but personally it won't affect us as much because you know we won't be alive in 70 years time so i think there's first of all there's that there's that very practical um mm. you know realistic take on why young people are so worried because they're going to have to deal with it sure. and they are going to have to deal with the effects of it which is is very anxiety provoking and 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 the second point i would make about young people is that they are a generation of people who are more socially and actively engaged in in in, in activism than any other generation although the, i guess the the protesters of the 60s wouldn't say that you know the baby boomers mm -hmm. but the gen z um and younger people i think they're even going to call they're now going to call um the the young people of your son's age gen c generation covid it could also be generation climate because they are young people whose lives have been completely upended by the um, pandemic and also will be upended by the climate crisis. So I think you've got the young people 
very activist generation, deeply uh, caring about ecological matters um, and the fact that they're going to live a lot longer. I think as older people, you know, uh, you become more comfortable. You're living a life of much greater comfort, you know, material comfort. You are less um, willing, let's say, to make sacrifices of that comfort. And, and, and there will be sacrifices that will need to be made in the, in the short term. And I think when you've, you know, maybe worked half your life to, you know, strive to get a level of comfort and then someone says, mm, do you know what? Uh, you won't be able to have two cars. It's not yeah. feasible. Um, people who've worked very hard will say, well, don't take that away from me. So there's that sense of, you know, I don't want to lose anything that I've gained in older people. And then in younger people, it's like, you know, I haven't got anything to lose and everything to gain from being a climate activist. Absolutely. That makes loads of sense. I mean, in fact, I've been before covid because I, and I live like you, I live in another, I mean, I live in Italy and although I'm from the UK, just like you. So before COVID, I, like, I used to go, I used to fly probably every month, whether it was to the UK, whether it was to other European countries for work or whether it was to go on holiday, I would fly hugely. And, and then obviously since COVID and I've not been, alay, I've not been able to fly. I've got, I, I've been thinking a lot about just my relationship with nature and, and I'm really appreciating so much. Um, obviously, I was, I've been very fortunate that I haven't been directly inf- impacted by COVID um, in a health way um, or amongst people around me. And so I've been able to enjoy the differences of the calm and the quiet and the just the appreciation of the beauty of nature. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about I've got to stop this traveling. Like after all of this is over, hopefully one day when it is over. I don't want to get back to that life that I had before. Um, I get to see it properly now and get to see that, you know, there, there are sacrifices that we need to start making and we, we should have been making them for many years and, and hopefully this will be some sort of reset. Um, but within that, I, mean, I, mean, I feel the same. And I think that, you know, what you touch upon there is one of the ways of actually mitigating climate anxiety is really starting to look at your own lifestyle and say well actually was the lifestyle I was living before making me happy you know Mm. in in you know material terms was I that much happier flying once a month than I am now looking out into my garden on nature and not flying as much and I think these are conversations that honest conversations that we all need to have with ourselves so within that I guess so one of the tips in a way if we're going to I think it's a great it's a great tip in a way that, that comes out almost sort of organically, really, that, that one of the ways that we can we can really help ourselves with sense with a with a sense of anxiety or fear is to take control over something that we can that we can have control over. So to really start thinking seriously about what changes I can make in my life, what changes everyone can make in their own individual lives um, that can help to reduce um, some of the really severe impacts of global warming like the flights what what other sort of things can 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 people do uh, to alleviate climate anxiety well i mean you know you're absolutely correct i mean the key to addressing eco anxiety or, or is really getting unstuck and losing that feeling of paralysis because that's when you're in that feeling of paralysis and and and, and anxiousness you feel that nothing you do can make a difference and that's where you become sort of stuck 
um, yeah. in the face of the problem. And becoming unstuck is really um, driven by small manageable actions. So if you, you know, every action you do makes you feel better. And I think a lot of people say, oh, well, individual actions don't make any difference. They do make a difference, actually. Um, I stopped flying for a whole year in 2019. Mm. Um, and I still went on holiday, but I went on holiday by train. I mean, I live in Europe. I lived in Europe, so I could do that and I could travel by train. And that reduced my carbon footprint. It certainly didn't reduce my happiness. In fact, it, it probably um, increased mm. my happiness because I don't enjoy flying anyway. So, exactly. Well, the whole um, experience of flying and airports, they're pretty ang- it's, it's a pretty anxiety experience for the best. I agree. I've never liked airports. I find it chaotic, um, sensory overload. Um, I don't enjoy flying particularly. Um, and I love a bit of, in fact, I've written about this. I've written an article on slow travel. <clears throat> slow mm. travel is great because actually that action of traveling in a much more leisurely manner in itself is reduces anxiety and also, you know, reduces your carbon footprint. So I think, what we can discover is that a slower pace of life in itself is um, reduces anxiety and also reduces our carbon footprints. I mean, there's lots of um, sort of carbon footprint calculators out there. There's the World Wildlife Fund has a great one where you can calculate your carbon uh, footprint in tons. And, you know, we need to get down to um, about 1.2 tons per person. And when I did mine um, in 2019, I was at nine tons. And that is still well below the British average. Wow. Wow. You know, there are people living a 30 um, ton CO2 uh, lifestyle in North America. You know, that's the two car <laughs> family, uh, you know, two kids, two cars, big homes, you know, two foreign holidays. You know, yeah. they talk about the 30 ton lifestyle. I mean, I was at nine tons, you know, I, I don't eat meat. Um, I had been on one one flight that year, not even a transatlantic flight, and I was still at nine tons, but I cut back. Um, so I cut back my purchasing. So I think mm-hmm. doing something like that is a really good indicator. Go and find yourself a carbon footprint um, calculator, calculator and see where you can make small changes. You know, I did a no shopping for six months. Um, as in no uh, so you would do your clothes shopping, but you wouldn't, uh, sorry, you would do your food shopping and essentials, but not is, does that mean anything but not no essentials? What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, so no clothes. I, I, again, I've written about this uh, on my website. And I, I, I stopped buying clothes for six months to see if I would miss it and to reduce my carbon footprint. And I didn't miss it at all. I found it very relaxing not actually having, not going online and buying things. And I also realized what I, what I needed versus what I wanted. And it mm. just took the mental pressure of actually buying things and keeping up with things. And again, this, this kind of factors into this slower lifestyle, which in itself reduces anxiety because you're not trying to keep up with anything. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, going into that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. That's really helpful. So there's something in there about 
turning our ruminating anxious thoughts into actions into yeah. small actions that we can take that in themselves will have a really important impact on on our on our own carbon footprints um and at the same time they'll be helping us to regulate our emotions regulate our anxiety um in a way that makes us feel sort of in a way that, that improves our quality of life yeah absolutely i, th- I think this this um process of non-rumination is key because it really can lead to um you know uh this paralysis this feeling of paralysis and being stuck so that getting out of rumination you know and into action small actions talking to other people about it is also very freeing um you know keeping anxiety within yourself you know it really does impact your mental health so i would suggest speaking to other people about uh climate anxiety just like your son does to you Mm -hmm. you know speak to your family about it as well get them on board so number one acknowledge it number two talk about it and number three act on it that's right absolutely absolutely and number four how about how would you feel about sharing what's on your website um with us at mind hammock so we can also put some stuff on in written form on on our own site too um just some of those tips that you were talking about there um yeah absolutely i mean i've got uh, i've written a um a sort of guide a, a quick guide to eco anxiety which i'm happy to share to share with you um you know for your for your customers and That'd be wonderful. You know, the more we talk about this and the more we we take practical actions collectively um the more anxiety is reduced you know i think the feeling of of thinking you're alone in this is very overwhelming yeah. and um being able to be part of a collect collective discussion about climate anxiety in in itself relieves the anxiety so you know i think that's a useful thing not to scoff at it and to say this is real you know um people said before we had the pandemic that the fear of a pandemic was was irrational yeah you know but it hasn't turned out to be irrational at all i mean you know and the scientists who were working on um you know pandemics are this are you know the same scientists also not the same but the people working on the climate change scenarios you know we know that climate change is happening scientifically so again speaking about it facing the problem i mean often you know and i know working with clients that facing a problem is half of the battle and once you can look the problem in the eye you can then step into action absolutely okay natasha that is a that seems like a perfect place to leave it for today it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again i'm looking forward i don't know what our next podcast is going to be together (laughs) but i'm really looking forward to it whatever it might be so thank you so much for taking part thank you very much thanks see you soon That's the end of this Mind Hammock episode. Thanks for listening. If there's something you feel passionate about or a conversation that you think needs to happen, let us know and we'll look to cover it in future podcasts. Don't forget to sign up for freemium at mindhammock.com. Follow us on social media, share with your friends, stay in touch as we develop our services. Stay safe and have fun exploring your own journey.